Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Extension Director for Family Consumer Sciences at the University of Kentucky College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. Today is again one of those days where Mindy McCulley, our Extension Specialist for Instructional Support, is joining me so that we can talk about money. And today I think is a particularly, let's call it, interesting topic when opposites (laughs) attract managing finances within a marriage. Thanks so much for joining us, Mindy. I'm so happy to be here, and I I think this is a great topic. Yeah, this this is one that I definitely think people can resonate with. Exactly. And that they can uh, certainly apply to to their own lives. And it's really thinking about that you and your spouse or you and your significant other about how couples manage finances in in their marriage or in their long-term relationship and kind of how, you know, individuals have different money personalities That's right. and how they bring those money's personalities into the relationship. Well, and we all know that everybody has baggage that they bring into a marriage and money is no, certainly not individual in that. There are all kinds of attitudes and, and perceptions that we bring in. But money can be the one that can break the camel's back sometimes. Right. Money is definitely, I think, a, a difficult topic. It's a delicate topic. It can be an emotional topic. And a lot of that resonates, and like you just said, with maybe the baggage that we bring in. And what we know about our money habits is that a lot of that resonates in childhood, right. which I know can be scary. And trust me, I all the time think about how am I screwing up my kids, how they're <laughs> going to think and feel about money later on in life. Right. But there's a lot of research out there that tells us that those experiences that we had with money as small children are really kind of what frames how we think, feel, and spend our money today. And that's not to say that if mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or whoever that loved one was that raised us, if they were great with money, that we're going to be great money managers. Or if they were bad with money, that we're going to be bad money managers. It's just what our perceptions are of those experiences and how we ourselves kind of translate those experiences into how we think and feel today. And we also know that two children in the same family can be different in their money spending habits and their their attitudes toward money that are raised exactly the same way we think. That's right. So we're going to test to see if my brother listens to the podcast. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we were raised in the exact same household. And I will say that my parents were very conservative when it came to came to spending, that they were very much focused on on savings and working to meet savings goals. Right. However, in adulthood, my brother and I approach money very differently. Okay. And I would say that I am much more the saver and and not maybe exactly the way that my parents approach money, but very similar. My brother he went the opposite route, um, and that's not that's not passing judgment on his money decisions. Although he just rolled his eyes, um, it is. It's just that we approach money very differently, and so it does show that how two kiddos can be raised in the exact same household, exactly. and we just process those money experiences differently. Exactly. 
And so having those different experiences, when you go and combine that with another person that you're going to live with for the rest of your life, you hope, it's a whole new ballgame then. Right. And that's where (laughs) communication is really key for successful money management in a relationship. That I think often people think money's a taboo topic. So they do not spend a lot of time talking about it. Or maybe it's just their own insecurities about money that they really don't feel confident in the decisions that they've made or they're embarrassed by decisions that they've made. And so it's just not a topic that couples really spend a lot of time communicating about, especially prior to entering that that long-term relationship or entering into marriage. And it's one of those that really and truly they should explore ahead of time. Exactly. And so having, having those hard conversations is important of identifying how does your partner feel about financial security? Is your partner spontaneous with money? Mm-hmm. Do they do they want to have a monthly budget? Yes. Uh, can can they maintain a monthly budget? And I always kind of tell this story when I'm talking to groups about marriage and finance that my husband and I have very similar what I would call money personalities. But after we got married, we had, you know, we combined all of our all of our finances mm-hmm. when we got married. So we had commingled accounts and we had one debit card for the account. And I would get really frustrated that he would not bring me his receipts home so I couldn't <laughs> reconcile the account. And one night I said, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to revoke your debit card privileges because, and he said, well, you know, if I was the one in charge of reconciling, he said, I don't think you could bring your receipts home. He said, so I'm just going to reconcile yours. So literally 18 years ago, we cut up our debit cards <laughs> and, and have functioned without a debit card since then, but it was it was really a good point that we had very similar money personalities, but we kind of managed our finances differently, and we had to figure out what system it is that works for us, and he was right. I would not have brought my receipts home to him, because <laughs> um, that's just not, you know me, I'm not that organized, right. um, that, you know, I manage it when exactly when I do it. So he, you know, he called me on it, and he was 100% correct. So we had to figure out what it is that works for us. Right. Right. And that's what that's what that's, other couples need yes, to do. Yes, everybody well. needs to find what works for you and what what you can live with because you do have to live with it. You know, you have right. to be able to work with it. And that's what couples will often say. Well, what's the secret? You know, how do we make money work? Money work in our marriage? And it's exactly that. It's figuring out what works for you. I think probably the next most common question I get is, should we? Co-mingle our accounts? Do right. we just have one account as a married couple or do we kind of keep our separate accounts? Mm-hmm. I, and I think that is really a big question. It is. And it's one that... And, and it works differently for different people, it, right? It works differently <laughs> for different people. There there are, um, you know, research out there does make some recommendations. And the actual research recommendation is that by co-mingling accounts, by having one account, that that really kind of solidifies the relationship. It makes everyone vested in the financial goals. And those couples tend to have greater financial success. Right. Uh, but I'll give that with the caveat of that's not going to work for everyone. Right. And sometimes it might depend what life stage it is that you got married. Right. That you know, I got married very young. Mm. And so we didn't have a lot going yeah. in. Neither one of us had much in our bank account. It didn't take a lot to combine yeah. our, our bank accounts. But maybe an individual getting married later in life right. or a remarriage type scenario that 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 could be a different situation. So it's really and truly kind of what suits each couple. Right. And and there's no right or wrong. It's it's what works for you and and what is the best for you. I remember um a couple that I've I've known for a long time 
who did not mingle their accounts, and to the fact that even when they had children, they if they went out to dinner, they split everybody's oh, no, meal down extreme. the middle. And I was like, whoo, that would be a little hard to do, right. but that's what worked for them. Right. Um, and and you can put yourself in, in extreme situations exactly. that can make things more stressful. Typically, couples that do not just have kind of that true joint set of finances, normally they do at least have some form of shared account. Exactly. And as a couple, they identify how much should be contributed to that account each month. And oftentimes couples will say, well, I think it should be equal. And that may not it's, be the case. It, because, it might not be possible. Because mm-hmm. of, you know, what type of job right. that the individuals have. So it needs to be some type of shared agreement that works well for the couple that everyone feels is adequate. Right. And that's mm-hmm. not always necessarily going to be 50-50. But again, you are a couple. You do love each other. <laughs> you know, you do want your spouse to feel like that they that they have adequate money to, to meet their needs. Right. And, and so you really do want to sit down and have a conversation. And for that shared account, whether it's your only account or if it's a joint account and you have kind of separate accounts as well, you do want to make certain that, that you're setting financial goals for those accounts and exactly. also a budget for that account. So here we go again with the budget talk. I know every time we do this, right? Budget, budget is budget. Budget is key. <laughs> but that you know that there's that there's a budget for that account, there's a plan for those dollars, and that you know how that they're going to be spent. Well, and I, you, you said when we sit down and talk about this, and I think it's important that we note that a good time to talk about it is not when you're in the middle of a financial crisis. That is ex- very true. Very <laughs> true. Um, that, and this should be a conversation that you're having fairly often. Right. That it's not during a point of crisis. It's not when one of us wants something. Right. That it it is just a conversation that you have on a regular basis. It would be wonderful to have it at least on a monthly basis, just so that you you can set, because one thing you should do as a couple is set financial goals together. That if that is saving for the family vacation, if that's um, working towards saving for a a college education fund for the kiddos, if it is saving for retirement plans, saving for a down payment on a house, whatever it may be, that you set those financial goals together and that you you figure out how you're going to achieve them together. At a bare minimum, a couple should sit down once a year and do a good financial checkup Right to to really evaluate their accounts, compare them to the year before. How much progress did we make this year? So this is going to tell you how big of geeks we are at my house. But um, <laughs> every year, and this will be shocking to our listeners probably as well, is that my husband takes care of kind of our financial household, that it might be my work thing, but it's it's what he does for us at home. But um, one of the things that he does every year is that on December 31st, he takes one, he takes a snapshot of, of us as a couple, and then he'll edit the photo, and he'll put our savings balance on it for the end of the year. Okay. And then the next year, we'll bring that back up, and so he'll do a new photo <laughs> with our new savings balance and so that we can watch those savings accounts grow okay. over time and mm-hmm. see about how we're working towards meeting those financial goals. And it's important that you have the picture of you together. We do have the picture of us together yes. because we're working towards it together. They're goals that we have set together. It's also, I guess, kind of fun to watch us grow um, or age. <laughs> age <laughs> age, age as your money grows, right? And it's also a fun way that we can we can look back at, you know, well, where were we five years ago? And where were we 10 years ago? And where were we now 18 years ago? And, and kind of see how we've progressed over time. Well, and I can see this being a fun thing for your kids, you know, when they get to be at this stage in their life where you are now. And they can say, oh, 
here's where mom and dad were. We're okay. We're, you know, we're, we're there too. Right. So. And what started it is that I would talk about the financial snapshot right. at the end of every year that everybody should do a financial snapshot. And so I almost think he was making fun of me one day when he did the snapshot <laughs> of, of, of the two of us. But, but it works, right? It works. It's fun. I look forward to it every year. I have a file of them on my phone of photos that I can go back through. So anyway, but that's just... That's how we geek out at home. Um, Maybe too much information. So again, Mindy, kind of take home points for our listeners is that communication is key. And having those hard conversations, if they are, about how is the best way to manage the budget within your household, and then also working together to achieve those common financial goals. I think these will be great tips for our listeners going forward. And and hopefully we're going to see great big balances at the end of next year. Exactly. Financial snapshots. Thanks so much, Mindy. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.